Is this better than anybody? End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Two seconds, one second for the win! LeBron James delivers! Franklin with a hurdle, and then the long one, this will be something! It is! It's an MCG special! Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Down the Line, proudly brought to you by the Inner Sanctum Network. Go check out the website, innersanctum.com.au, for all your sports journalism needs. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're absolutely everywhere. And I'm here with two of my absolute favourites again today. To my right, uh, Lewis Coventry. Lewis, how are you after your grand debut last week? Ah, uh, great. Ready for bounce back. Um, it's going to be another cracking, another cracking podcast. Can't wait. And to the left, got the lovely face of Mr. Dylan Matthews. Dylan, welcome to the show, mate. Yes, how you going, Zach? Uh, footy season not too far away now. Uh, and, you know, with the NAB Cup, or what do they call it this year? The Marsh I Community Series? Yeah. I don't the even know. Amy, Amy, the Amy, Amy Community Amy Series Community this year. They change it every year, don't starting they? Starting this year, uh, this week. It's, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. We've got a big show um, planned for you guys today. We uh, managed to sit down with... Very promising young Gold really? Coast Gold Coast defender Will Powell. So that'll be coming to you a bit later in the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I reckon we'll just jump straight into the, to, the, to the chat today, boys. And there's there's really only one place we can start when it comes to sports news this week. And it was the unfortunate um, announcement that Bruce McAvaney, the, the great one, will be surrendering his football commentary commitments um, immediately. Um, Dylan, what's your immediate take from that? Yeah, I was shocked uh, when I heard the news uh, a couple of days ago. I couldn't believe it. Like, I thought, you know, they might have announced, uh, you know, sort of when Dennis Committee announced he was uh, finishing up on TV, they sort of gave him, you know, sort of, it was almost like a farewell tour. So I was sort of just shocked that uh, he, he was step, stepping back immediately. Um, and it's not like it's anything to do with health issues or, he's, you know, he's still in good form. I was sort of a bit sad that uh, we won't get to hear him again on the wave, airwaves in a footy context. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, w- I would have loved to see, um, you know, Bruce McAvaney have that, have that have that one grand finale, bit bit like Dennis with the 2016 grand final. And um, Lewis, I mean, obviously you've been following football for a very long time. Um, is is Bruce your, your favorite commentator, or are there are there others that you know pip him at the post? Oh, I mean, he's not my favorite. I mean, he's. I'm very. I'm also very sad that he's leaving. Um, I think. Yeah, I just. I, I kind of. You kind of wanted that farewell t- farewell tour. Um, he's, he's a little bit annoying at times, but you still want him there. Like he's still one of the best commentators, I think. So, um, but now nah, my favorite, I'd say my favorite is probably got to be Hutto. I reckon. Got to be Hutto. That's pretty good. Thirteen, yeah. thirteen. Yeah, you gotta love Hutto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Gotta love a bit of Hutto. Um, I'll post some questions. BT, you know. BT's Hutto as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about BT. He's a little bit. He's uh, a knob. Yeah, if nah, he's, I mean, a he's funny. He's funny. He's but just like, funny. If you, if you call Bruce annoying, I mean. Vt's no, but he's, but he's funnier though. Like Bruce isn't that funny. He's just a bit weirdo. Oh, well, I don't know. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll pose the same question to you, Dylan. And in terms of commentators, um, he stole my seat in business class one time as well. That's why did? I also don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> mate, Lewis is just um, you know, after 15 years, finally, you know, getting all his Bruce hate out, out in the open. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess once you retire, retire all the uh, all the slander can can come out. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, Dylan, I'll finally pose the question to you. It's not the day to be hating on him. Sorry. I'll finally pose, pose the same question. Um, Legend who, of the game. Who, who are your standouts in terms of commentators? Commentators? Well, I, I actually think there's actually not that many good AFL commentators well, going around. I think they're few and far between. Um, if I had to choose a favourite, uh, you know, listening on Triple M a bit over the years, I, I, I like Mark Howard on the radio. Howie, I think Howie, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's good. He and so even, fun. not so much, I, I find him a bit annoying on TV, but I think, uh, 
you know, back going back four or five years ago, Jimmer. I still think, yeah, Jimmy Brayshaw. Jimmy on the radio is so much better. Just when they sort of carried on, like sometimes it does get annoying because you actually don't know what's happening in the play, but just the way they sort of yell and so you push up with him man. on top of you, Jakey. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good entertainment, but um, yeah, I think there's. Uh, oh, Sandy Roberts, another one. I thought he was uh, absolutely. What? He was very handy. He's horrendous. No, nah, he's, he's good. He's like the worst. No, nah, he's very good. He's so bad. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, in terms of play-by-play like play play commentators, I think you know Waitley's pretty handy. Um, I don't like Dwayne Russell. I, I like. Him. I, I can't Dwayne, stand him. Dwayne, on Sunday good. night, he's good. Sunday night in Perth, it makes it exciting, man. He just he pulls out the same lines, and he's just so yeah, predictable. I, love it, man. I know Dwayne. Oh, I can't, I, I can't stand Dwayne. Obviously, what about what about Rexy Hunt? Oh, Rexy. Oh, Rexy. Well, we weren't really around. We weren't really around <laughs> for his peak sort of career, but from you know YouTube clips of what I hear from everyone, uh, he was the king for. Know twenty odd years, and he was a sort of the original, like what sort of in, would have inspired Brayshaw the way yeah. he on Triple M. Is he still gone? Is he done? No, nah, he, he does like occasional sort of yeah, cameo, uh, cameo like appearances. But me on this podcast, yeah, it, uh, Mate, I would love to get Rex on this podcast. That's that's our try try and make this happen by the end of the season. But yeah, I think Dennis Committee is the other one, the, the obvious other one as well in terms of great commentators. I mean, his one liners just made the game so so much greater. Um, really, so yes, that uh, Bruce and Dennis um, duo is finally, you know, completely gone, and it'll be interesting to see so, what what our Channel Seven do in terms of a, a replacement for Friday Night Footy. Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be. I think that I look at the there's betting market up at the moment. I think it's the favorite is BT and Jimmer. Jimmer Brayshaw. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. Brayshaw. Yeah, Brayshaw on TV is just not like good. Like I don't know. I I I, I personally would, would love to see it. I reckon BT and Brayshaw. You know, they've had a fair bit of. Um, Bit of a bit of history, um, Triple M and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it'd be fantastic. And, you know, when we're talking about Bruce, uh, he's obviously over the years, he's got a number of uh, not so much one-liners, but just commentary moments that uh, we all sort of remember. Um, Zach, I suppose I'll ask you the question first. Uh, what's your favourite sort of uh, moment in Bruce's commentary career? Oh, mate, this doesn't come as too much of a surprise. The uh, 1997 Grand Final, Darren Jarman, um, you know. Watching that one live, we? Mate, I, obviously I, I wasn't alive for that one, but you know from watch from watching it back, um, Darren Jarman obviously um, took the game away from the Saints in the last quarter, and kicking that goal he goes Jarman yes, Darren Jarman just spine tingling stuff there. So um, I'm going to go with that one this is my absolute highlight, mate. That does mm. not get any better than that, and yeah, it's pretty sad we haven't won a better live as well. I'm sure it, it would have been a good watch. What about you, Louis? What's your... Uh, yo, Yaren, Yaren, Yaren. Still Yaren. Cheeky little bounce. Oh, well done. And then it was he kicked the goal, didn't he? Yeah, he kicked the sausage roll, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah uh, nah, that was, that was uh, that's probably my favourite, I reckon. He's uh, old Chrissy Yaren. He's, he's uh, not nice well at the yeah. moment. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he, was, he can yeah, get back on track. Yeah, well, hopefully. Um, and my sort of... I, I just suppose just over the time, like... It's just probably the delicious. Yeah, classic. <laughs> How good, man. Like How every good. time it was, you know, it was a bit creepy, but you know, yeah. every time it was just delicious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I used to love it. I mean, obviously Cyril is a delicious hub of player. So, you know, yeah. I can Bruce obviously didn't put him on the map, but I can made him. That, put him on the map? No, I, I, I he said he didn't. I, I said oh, didn't, I know, but, but oh, yeah, you know, he, so he definitely made, made that a little more famous, I guess, in terms of um, amongst oh. the football community. So that just shows the impact Bruce had, but... You know, there's plenty of live sport going on, so we can't spend all day talking about a commentator, but yeah, you know, it just shows the, the impact he had on the game, I guess. But we'll move on now to a few of the trial games which have been happening around the um, around the traps um, at the moment. Um, you know, they're obviously being played on these crappy little live streams. Fans fans aren't able to go and watch. Um, what are your so, so, sort of immediate takeaways from the uh, from the trial games, Louis? 
Ah, uh, try games. Yeah, well, I haven't actually been watching them. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna be honest. But that. But the main reason is because they're on those live streams. Like I really because I always watch them because, especially for a fantasy um, point of view, there's always like a lot of information you're trying to gather from that. So. Yeah, it's pretty annoying that they're not being telecasted. So, yeah, I think this weekend they're back on Fox, aren't they? Yes, they're back on Fox this weekend yeah. for the Amy Community Series. Amy are, now. Right. Yeah, we are. Like I said, they have a new sponsor every year. But, um, yeah, that'll be uh, – need to get my uh, – have my notepad out, take my notes, and, um, yeah, and I'll be keen, keen for it to uh, actually be on TV this week. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And the one player that really stood out to me is um, a player who I've got locked into my dream team at the moment. Oh. It's uh, old Paddy Dow, 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 Paddy Dow. <laughs> He looks, he's looking he's a different player at the moment, um, Paddy Dow. Storming out of the middle, he's looked like he's put on size, he's put on strength. Um, so he's definitely one to watch for the Blues there. Um, I reckon, but I feel like the, the trial games can be a little bit of fool's goal sometimes. I mean, the, you know, obviously the coaches throw the uh, throw the, 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 the white ball markers and the, mag, the magnets around, that's what I'm talking about. So I guess, Dylan, how much do you kind of read into these um, trial games? Oh, it's yeah. You can't really take a lot out of it. Obviously, I didn't watch it live, the West Coast and Fremantle trial game, but they've come out and smashed smashed us by you know us being West Coast. Free have come out and the smashed boys. us by about ten goals, and I mean they haven't won a derby in what is it six years now. Uh, they, yeah, they haven't yeah. got near we, us. We, so, we, we got the wood over them, so I don't care about that. But from what I did see in that game, I think well, you know they've been promising for the last probably year. You've seen sign, but I think Freo are actually going to be arguably the biggest risers this year. Um, I agree. I think, I think they really could good. arguably be better than probably Freeman. Uh, Freeman <laughs> better than Freeman. Uh, could be better than Carlton. Um, I just think they've got a good on-ball brigade. Uh, yeah, they're midfits. They've got some young along. players coming back from injury. Forward line's still pretty shit, though. Yeah, the forward line's a bit average, but you've still got Tabiner there. Uh, Rory Lobb Rory comes through there as well. Nah, nah Tabiner nah, Tabiner Tabiner's good. Tabiner had a great year last year. Yeah, he he really yeah but I don't believe in him. I don't believe in him. And then, no, I, reckon I reckon they've got enough down there with Walters as well, a bit of class. And Fife isn't having to carry that midfield... These days, could be right. You know, him and him and Monday. So you got like uh, Chera and Brayshaw and Sarong, all sort of uh, putting their hands up to start in that midfield. And yeah. uh, you know, some of these older blokes like Monday and even Fife, Fife can play forward a bit more. And you know, might even see Monday, uh, you know, be out of the side or even put on. He should have been out of the side years ago. I don't know why they could, He's just wasting their development. But like, yeah. he's still, you know, a, a, he still gets a good, done, experienced head. Nah. Does, doesn't miss the target. He's still pretty nah, solid. Get rid of him. Now, that was the point I was going to make, actually, Dylan, as well. I mean, with Fremantle's midfield coming along, they can put in that five and fat full forward, and he's probably arguably you know, the most dangerous target in the comp down there. So, really, that, that, that kind of solves another problem, and we'll just, you know, see them develop. Yeah. That's what I think they tried to do that last year. Like, I think they split him, like, 50-50 midfield forward, which they the most they've ever done, I think. Yeah, and they can, um, they, they, they can really, you know, be... Um, they, they can really be very, very selective in what they do with that. So, if, you know, if, if the midfield's getting on top, they can put him forward, but then obviously if someone gets on top of them through there, they can put five through the middle. That's true. And he's, you know, arguably the best on bowler in the comp. So I feel like they've got, you know, some great flexibility in that case, the Dockers. So I'm very keen to see what they can do this year. And even with that, like uh, with Alex Pierce coming back this year from injury, uh, so he sort of strengthened their defence up a bit because obviously they had Luke Ryan last year playing really undermanned at full back. So put him back, that frees Ryan up, you know, he might go up the centre half back or something. And then you've got Brennan Cox who can actually swing back forward. Because he come in as a forward and he, you know, he, he turned into a defender. So you've got him as well. Um, so I, yeah, I think there's a, and Sam Sturt's another one coming back, a young forward. So I just think they've uh, they got a lot of upside this year, Freo. For sure, and yeah, definitely Freo will be a rise of the Blues as well. Put in a great performance behind my man Paddy Dow mm. too. But it'd be um, you know, very. Remiss of me not to mention Riley Philthorpe's performance in the in the Magoos on the Who? weekend. The uh, number two draft from last year for the mighty 
Adelaide Football Club. Best on ground. So I, was, I was watching the, uh, the live stream. best on ground. What, he kicked in seven? The, in the sample game. Um, oh, Seth. He, oh, he, he kicked four. He what? Just, Half just, time? He, he just looked a class above, so expect yeah, him to be so. in, the, uh, in, in the main side. We'll see how he this goes week. this week. We'll see, how he, see if he can touch it. Against, yeah, it'll be uh, very, against yeah, it'll be very interesting. But the way he kicks the ball when he moves, mate, I am very, very excited about one man, Rowley Thilthorpe. I thought we should mm. just wait, mention that as well. Wait, your man, Rowley Thilthorpe? I thought all last year... You yeah, wasn't he sledging it? Yeah, I thought you were sledging. I don't, saying I don't, remember, that, I don't uh, remember that. That uh, <laughs> if the Crows don't pick Logan McDonald, they're... Uh, you know, I might maybe. hop off, might put my membership in the microwave, maybe. cut it up. <laughs> maybe. Um, I don't know what you're talking about there, mate. Um, no, yeah, I, I did say that. But then I've, uh, I've been watching Thorthorpe play over the last couple of weeks, and I think he's got tremendous upside. And mm. I reckon I've, I've been convinced from, from that one game there mm. as well. So obviously there's plenty to watch, and this weekend's going to be big too. The game's finally back on TV. DT Live, I'm sure, Louis, you'll be uh, refreshing those pages. Oh, yeah, mate. Um, constantly over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, we'll, we'll just throw to the um, to, to the interview with uh, Will Power. We obviously had a chat with him a bit earlier before while I had a chat with him. Um, so yeah, here he is, Will Power. Firstly, how does it feel re-fitting to the Suns for another four years? Oh, it's amazing. It honestly feels amazing. It's very humbling um, knowing that an AFL club you club wants you for another four years, so it's a pretty special feeling. What, what excites you most about the, the group at the moment? I think we're just all so young and eager to learn, um, and the synergy just keeps growing. Every session we're out there together, we just keep getting better and better, um, and it's just a matter of time where it just all clicks, and it just feels like the perfect place to be. How important was last season for the college development as a whole? I mean, sort of moving from that cellar dweller to, you know, competing with some of the competition's best sides. Yeah, I mean, we came very cool. Had about, what was it, three or four games under under a goal um, against some pretty good sides. And we beat a few good sides too um, last year. So we've taken a lot of confidence out of that. And another pre-season to get the game plan under, under wraps as well. Um, yeah, I think we're all very keen to get this season started and kick it off in a good way. How does it feel coming into a season with a, with a bit more expectation in comparison to the to the last couple of seasons? Um, well, yeah, I think there's expectation every single season. Uh, there's expectation to perform well. Um, sort of every season, every game you play, there's an expectation. Um, so it's not really anything different. Uh, we all expect to run out there and win and we give it our best shot. Um, but I reckon this year we're we're gonna we're gonna knuckle down and actual like hopefully we win a few more games and I think we should. How's the preseason sort of been at the moment and who's really stood out to you on the track? Yeah, the preseason's been very good. Um, everyone, it's been a bit different to since last year uh, preseason in terms of like the training loads and everything. Um, Two Camilla, uh, my, my standout during the preseason. He's just a bull. Um, just the, his work ethic and the, the amount of work he puts in on and off the field, everything. Not even um, physically, just mentally to make sure he's right and ready to go for every session. It's pretty cool to watch because he's switched on um, every single session and he's a real yeah. leader. It's um, very, very exciting stuff for Suns fans. Um, another big sort of... Um big inclusion to the club this year was a race short joint joining the coaching ranks. Um, what impact has he had, has he had on yourself and the group as a whole in his short time at the club? Oh, he's amazing. Um, 
he's had a very big impact. We've got this little group, uh, the majestic group of the factory. Um, it's the first of four years, and he runs that. It's like a little education group and uh, just teeing up with the younger players and building relationships and leadership throughout the um, older boy in the four-year group. Um, but he's been amazing, especially for myself. I went through a little patch with um, a few mental uh, health battles, um, and just talking to him, he made it so much easier, um, just getting through it because he's obviously been through some tough stages as well, so it's really good to bounce things off him. Sure, it's fantastic to see um, Reese sort of going up there and thriving. I mean, from what I've heard out of the club, so all this pre-season, everyone's, you know, really enjoyed having him on board, so it's just obviously from a fan's perspective, great to see him up and about and doing well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very special. He's he's always happy. He's always got a smile on his dial and he's just there to have fun. Now, from a bit more of a personal um, perspective, you've had a bit of an injury history over your career. I mean, obviously with some concussions and knee surgeries and things like that. Um, how have you learned to deal with, with those setbacks over over your career? Oh, with the knee one was difficult because it was... I ended up having three surgeries on the same thing. just couldn't get it right. Um, so that... That uh, taught me to be a lot more patient with things and not rush into things as much. And I think that goes into the concussions as well. The the brain's a pretty special part of the human body and you don't want to rush things as well with that. So having the knee injury really helped with the concussion, funnily enough. Um, When you think you're ready, you've probably got another week or you want to give yourself another week just to make sure everything's settled down. Um, But at the moment, I'm good. No injuries. Touch wood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah it's, I'm, I'm glad that happened earlier on rather than later because now I've got a better understanding of my own body and what it can handle and how much loading it can take before it gets sore and I can just pull myself out of things without pushing One of the um, new rules that coming, that's coming into the AFL this year is the uh, 12 day concussion protocol um, are you a big advocate for that, for that extra time? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's just not enough information about the concussions, that sort of thing. And you don't want to have a concussion, come back the next week and get another concussion because that could cause serious damage to in not even a week. Um, so I reckon that 12, 15 days missing a game, even two games, um, will really benefit uh, the player in the long run. For sure. Now a bit more on on on-field stuff. Uh, last season you uh, made a move back in, into defence um, and, and you ended up having a career career best season. Um, how did you uh, how did you see the move, and do you think your career um, is sort of a, as a defender in the long term? Yeah, I love the move. Um, I've, I've always sort of niggled the backline coach Josh Drummond. I just keep it's like, when are you going to bring me back? When are you going to give me a go? Um, and then it sort of just happened, and I've loved it. I played a bit in my 18s year on the half backline, and just you get to see the whole game evolve in front of you, and you can sort of just place yourself in the right spot early. Um, but I hopefully, uh, hopefully I get stuck on the back line for the rest of my career because it's a pretty pretty cool place to uh, be and to hold a back six and just that continuous team and that synergy. We've got a pretty good um, group down there and the connections that we all have is pretty special too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously you've got a very exciting group of defenders um, coming through, so it'd be very, yeah, very good to be a part of that for the next uh, year. About at least four years. Yeah, And then, um, with the the COVID break at the start of last season, ended up being a bit of a blessing in disguise for yourself, as it gave you that time to recover from that knee surgery. Um, just 
So I'll just describe that period and find footy in, in such an unusual setting when, when the stadium did resume. Yeah, it was definitely different. Uh, the first time the uh, industry's ever seen that sort of thing happen. Um, we had that six-week break, which, like you said, was a blessing in disguise um, for myself and my knee rehab and getting back into the swing of things. But coming back, I think the biggest change was coming back with no crowds. It's sort of it's a neutral playing field because the crowds can really help a side. Um, and then playing a game and kicking and goal and hearing nothing was pretty weird. Um, but we all got used to it pretty quick and... All the boys over here, we didn't really need to see anyone outside of football, even though we weren't allowed, because we're all we're all pretty pretty close together and pretty tight group, and we just bounced off each other, which was pretty pretty good. How much confidence do you take out of your um eight place finish in last year's Best and Barrett coming into you know a new season? Yeah, again, it was I did not expect anything out of that night, and saw my name pop up in the top ten at the very end. I was like, oh wow. Uh, another extremely humbling little moment, um, and I take take a lot of confidence out of it because um, I, I thought I just I was just playing footy, and I, I'll continue to just keep playing footy and how I play, just keep putting my body on the line for the team and doing everything I can for the team. But when you get rewarded with those little things, it definitely gives you a little confidence boost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you guys have a lot to be excited about for the season. Um, just one more question for you today. Well, um, what are your main goals for the twenty twenty one season? Yeah, but I think from a personal point of view, or for the team as a whole. Yeah, the uh, main goal is just to continue the synergy throughout the whole team. Um, play good, competitive, hard football. Um, begin to, or start being a hard team to play against, and putting wins on the board and putting on size and just yeah, uh, getting fitter and stronger as the season goes through. Yeah, awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what you guys um, at the Suns and, and yourself can, can produce this year. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for taking the time to have a chat with me. Thank you, Zach. It should be a very exciting year. Awesome stuff. So, yeah, what was your um, um, immediate takeaway from that uh, from, from, from that interview? Well, he seems confident that the Suns this year, that obviously sounds like they've had a really big pre-season. Uh, obviously, uh, from what I've seen uh, reading online that uh, they're, Got a pretty healthy list. Um, obviously, a lot of their younger sort of players are coming into their fourth, fifth year. Um, you know, you, you still got the young likes of uh, Rowder come back, basically, as a first-year player, uh, ready-made. Uh, you got Jack Lukosius really finding his feet at AFL level. Luko. And, uh, and and Will himself, uh, like you say, he went back to defence last year. He's got really good ball use. Uh, hopefully, he can just stay fit uh, for an entire year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's exciting signs for the Suns. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Lewis, obviously he um, chatted a bit about his uh, injury history there and the uh, 12-day concussion rule. We talked about it a bit last week, but what did, what did you think, you know, coming from a player's perspective there? Yeah, well, he said, he said that um, it was like it was a good thing, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Said he, was, he was a big advocate for it. I think because I remember his concussion, that was one of the worst to see. He, like, he got slammed into the ground and then he tried to get up and he like he was standing and then he full fell over again. Like, so he got, he got a really bad concussion. So it's probably no surprise that he's bit more of an advocate than say some other people were um but yeah no i think it's definitely justified trying to you know get that yeah get that under control and that sort of thing yeah for sure i mean obviously it's going to be a very exciting year for the gold coast suns um as we said before so um very much looking forward to see what doing what 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 will and his teammates can produce this year i reckon they will finish higher than Fremantle. if you're saying they're your eyes i'm gonna go gold coast finish higher than them oh i don't know about that i reckon they're loaded they're loaded man they're loaded 
I don't know if they're so, quite so there the yet. Dockers, though, man. And the, the Dockers are that bit more experienced. They are experienced. Yeah, they got five from Walters. That'll help, but... And like our, our players like Alex Pierce man. and Luke Ryan, they just if you if you look at Freo's list, probably we talk about Freo a bit too much today, but yeah. they're just um they're just very you know very stacked across all the lines. Even with five going nah. forward, that forward line looks Defense, very dangerous. Nothing going on down there. Mate, they got two all Australians down there. Ah, uh, yeah, they've got Gold Coast, got Collins, Will Power. Yeah. That's all you need, mate. Well, I mean, um, obviously this is a big big debate, and we'll probably talk about it a bit more in our season preview, but. It's going to be very interesting to see what, what, what the Suns can do and what Freo can do, obviously, because they've become a big talking point in this week's episode. Yes, clearly. <laughs> um, we'll move on now to one of our favourite segments, and we've uh, brought it up this week from from the end of the show. It's uh, Dylan's Unsung Hero of the Week. Oh, Rory Thompson as well. He's also good. Uh, wait, Lewis, you have to uh, stop, you know, interrupting, mate. It's <laughs> Dylan's time to shine. Okay, sorry. Um, it's, it's, it's the Unsung Hero of the Week, and uh, after last week's uh, Joey Burns, I'm very excited to see what, what you come up with this week. Yeah, it was a bit of a, you know, it was a hard, harder thing about this week. There's not a lot of sport on at the moment. So it's uh, we're sticking along the cricket uh, track again this week. And uh, obviously we know the uh, superstar New South Wales cricket side got rolled against Victoria in the first match. Um, you know, had the likes of Stark, Cummins, Lyon, all playing, Smith. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, to the passing of um, Mitch Stark's, due to the passing of Mitch Stark's father, um, he missed out this game. And his replacement, big Harry Conway, has come in and taken six Connors. for 30 in the first innings against a pretty strong Victorian batting lineup. Haven't lost a game this year, I don't think. Um, and yeah, I was just really impressed with. Uh, so he's come in for Stark, who didn't take a wicket in the first innings for New South Wales last game. He could come be in and take sixth in line at his own Shield club. Well, that's the thing. And he's. Seventh. No, it's because it's Cummins, Abbott, Lyon. Um, and then Conway possibly Hazelwood Hazelwood if he plays and Ab- oh did I say Abbott yeah he yeah, said so Abbott sixth. so sixth. yeah I just think you know six, six or 30 in that and he actually I thought he was a bit of like a piss take you know yeah, he's on know. a striker's list he gets sort of pumped up a bit big tall bloke yeah, he's a troll but he's actually hard to hit he's actually he bowls a good line of length gets a little bit of movement early in the uh, with a new ball so I'm just uh, yeah I'm pretty impressed with uh, what he brings to the table Harry Conway so he could big fella he's actually older Older than I thought he was. I thought he was only like a real young lad, but he's actually 28. So I don't know in terms of um, national representation. He won't be playing for Australia. But, yeah, he's definitely an unsung hero because, uh, yeah, get around him. Love, love the big fella. I, I actually love when he was playing at the when he's playing at the Strikers, how pumped up he gets about a wicket. Remember when he got Finchie out first? first, first He did a run, big run. Big, the big fella, yeah. And even when he was fielding, he used to, you know, when when he uh, made a stop in the infield, you know, to pump himself up. Gotta love the vibe, so I reckon he, he typifies what an unsung hero is, so I'm very, very happy with that selection there, Dylan. Good, good. Get around him. For sure, and we'll move on now to um, the game of cricket. Obviously, you've uh, let us in there quite nicely, and there's a fair bit going on, and we'll start over in um, India, your your favourite place on the planet there, Louis, I reckon. Mm. Um, it was the uh, <laughs> England versus India match. The series was up poised at one, one all, and we're all expecting a, a great match, Um you know, the, the day-night test, England's probably best chance to get back in the series, but wasn't to be, and it caused a lot, whole lot of controversy with the match and then going for two dates. Uh, Louis, what's your sort of takeaway from a, from a two-day test? Well, yeah, no, nah, I don't think anyone can get around that. I mean, it's just, it's just not cricket, as they say. Um, yeah, I mean, they do it every year. They just turn out these absolute landmine pitches, which is just not even, they're just not even, it's just like, what are they doing? And they know, and they do it because they know they can get an advantage on it because they got Ashwin and all that bowling. Akshar Patel, man. I haven't seen a bloke come in and 
bowl this well ever. Just yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe Root took, what he, he took five friend innings. Yeah, five so that tells you everything you know, doesn't it? Need to know, sorry. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's just they 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 have the most disgraceful pitches in the world. Like I used to think England were kind of on par, but um, as in like in terms of you can bias your own team, but India's is just so much worse. Like it's just it's it's embarrassing. But the thing is, I mean, if you look at the wickets, most of them were were um you know taken by balls that went straight on. So it was it was very interesting, and a lot of people have sort of been saying like, is well, it the pitch? The spinners. Yeah, like spinners, like balls. Yeah, but that that's probably because on. yeah, but that's probably because it got like the outside edge of an off spinner. So it would have... well, like KP said, he said the batting was poor, and I sort of agreed. Like if you see, if you actually look through those ten sort of weeks, it's not like the ball's turning a mile. Like obviously it was a spinner friendly deck, but the ball is not like the ball's going at all angles. So again, they f- took forty wickets on just there was some po- uh, some very actually, very wickets. poor cricket shots. Thirty wickets. There was some there was some very bad thirty batting, wickets. And that's on probably bad batting. where the, where the um where the Spot. debate lies with this one. I mean, is it a case of a doctor pitch like Louis was saying, or what Dylan's argument there saying, it's just, you know, bad batting and, you know, having these pitches is good for cricket. We've seen, you know, Nathan Lyon was out there defending it. Ravi Ashwin got quite heated in it about it as well. So, and why should we... the bat, why should the batters get it all their way? Like, what do, do people just what people want, you know, the team to come out and make 500 and all these batsmen it should be a you know, good get their balance. 50 and 60 plus averages? Good balance between bat and ball. Is what we're looking for. Yeah, but how do you find that? So the spinners not on these modern pitch. decks, you should go for like I reckon an ideal test should go for forty four days. Come to these Adelaide decks, and you know, you know, blokes like Lyon can't take a wicket, and all these yeah, all these players are making plenty of runs. I just think, I think occasionally whacking like well, maybe not for the whole series, but like a, a pitch like that, you know, for one test in a test match, I reckon it brings a lot of it uh, brings a massive challenge to the opposition. And in saying that. England went in and chose one specialist spinner, and they knew that exactly. That they was knew so exactly stupid. what the what it was going to do. Because they, they got out. Joey. They got they, they had Joe in the back pocket for his fivers. I, I was just I couldn't in believe it. So in the second innings, they ended up opening the bowling with Joe Root. So it's like, why wouldn't you just pick an extra spinner? That's right. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And yeah, obviously, you mean obviously the big argument is were, were you entertained by the two day tests? And I mean, it does show that you know you were we, we were entertained. It was entertaining cricket, even though it only, it only did last two days. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, everyone, like, obviously, if we're here at an Adelaide Oval Test, you want the Test match to go as long as possible, you know, because so Louis got more of an excuse to get out the back and uh, yeah. get on his uh, $50 Pims jugs. But, <laughs> yes, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's occasionally it's it's not too bad. Um, it's not like it's happening all the time. Like, what's well, a, two, a two-day test? It's obviously not ideal. But, yeah, I think it just brings a bit of excitement. And we're all sitting there watching that Test match, and it was actually really exciting. It was. Even though it didn't go for as long, it was actually, everyone was getting around it, everyone was getting around Root, you know, taking a five. For, so, yeah, I'm not so concerned about those pitches, to be honest. Yeah, I think, obviously, I, I think that that pitch was more of a three, three and a half day and they batted pretty badly on it, to be honest. So I think um, that the curators are probably copping a bit too much hate there. Um, and that, caused, that sort of cast our eye to the next game. I mean, obviously, India now up 2-1 in the series. We need England to bounce back and win to get Australia into the World Test Championship. Are you giving them any hope of doing so? I'm personally giving him no hope. Um, I saw Rahane came out today and said to expect a similar pitch to the last test. Uh, Are they going to pick a spinner this time? They said anything about? Well, they, they England. Yeah, they have to. They they will. They will. They'll, that, I, I dare yeah. say either Broad or Anderson will uh, sit out of this test match, and they'll probably bring in another spinner. Um, and you know, so they've got three options. You know, you got Root. Uh, what's old mate's name? Um, they got. Um, Don Best, Don Mason Best, Crane, yeah, from there as well, and yeah, so they'll bring a third in, and hopefully, hopefully they can get a result, but uh, very unlikely. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're moving now to, to to the Red Bull game on on our own shores. Um, the Sheffield Shield's been uh 
going going along very nicely um, at the moment. We've seen some some great scores, some interesting matches, and one that caught my eye and you know would have been very very um it was it was it was it was good in a sense that they almost won, but very um disheartening at the end was the uh, was the Redbacks against um WA. What was your sort of immediate takeaway from the uh, from the from the Redbacks there? I was not, it was more heartbreak for the Redbacks. You know, we, as South Australian supporters, we got used to that over our lifetime. A match that they did all they can to win. You know, they've come out in the first innings and batted well. Travi Head again stood up. Um, yeah, but it's just dis- disappointing. Like just disappointing. how disappointing, man! Like, to go down to the last ball and old mate, what's his name? Liam O'Connor. He's popped it up. That ball could have went anywhere. But an absolute striker's favorite, by the way. That's Liam the Redbacks in a nutshell. That it is. I mean, the Redbacks. Like I dare say, there is there, there isn't a team that has you know gone through as much pain over the last ten years as as, as the Redbacks. I mean, it's like constant mismanagement. It's just crazy. They just, they went they went two years without winning a match, didn't they? I think the I think it's something ridiculous. Like in the last three years or something. Last yeah, three or four years they've won three Shield games or something insane. And with blokes still, you've still got guys like Chad Say has been one of the best uh, domestic bowlers over the last decade. You've got Head and Kerry have still played a fair amount of cricket for uh, South Australia over the last few years. Just can't seem to find, you know, batters, you know, batting at five or six. They always seem to go back to Tommy Cooper. And obviously, Tommy I'm a big fan, but they, they seem to throw back to the same guys. And there's not enough youth coming through. Henry Hunt's been solid at the top of the order, but yeah, I'm just. Just not no convinced. That, yeah, you go back twenty years ago, and all these blokes are holding down. It, like it was the same side for five or six years. Like, but now it's just they seem to be ro- rotating through all these young lads, and I, I just don't. Yeah, I still don't see any upside at the moment. Yeah, the Redbacks. Um, yeah, it's obviously been a fair bit of pain going through, but there was there was there's also been a lot of other games going on at the moment, and a lot of key players making runs, which is very interesting. And it sort of brings me to this. I want to play a bit of a game. With uh, with our you guys today here on down the line, our first little game um, segment game. here, love a good game. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to call it stamp it or not. So stamp Ooh. it means they're done. Their career in the Australian Test team is over, or not. They, they have a future. So obviously all these guys have been playing in the Shield. None of them are currently incumbents in the team. Um, they've all been making runs, and there's, there's a few interesting names here. A lot of players are making runs, as I said before. So Dylan, I'm going to give you the first name here. Stamp it or not, um, Joe Burns. No, definitely not stamping it. He he will play for Australia again. I've got hope. Um, from what we saw a couple of summers ago, uh, you know, when he made those big tons for Australia, he's definitely got it. He, uh, Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he had a poor summer, but I just think that he's shown enough at international level over the years that he's actually uh, capable. So I'm not not putting down a poor summer. I'm not, st- I'm not stamping him. Not stamping him yet? No. Nah. Fair well, enough. you know what I'm doing. I'm giving him a big old stamp. I used to be a Joe Burns fan, but then he's just he's he hasn't really done anything apart from that summer where he made all those runs against like West Indies. It was I think it, it was like it was the one where Voges yeah, like, ran New, up. I think his, it was like New Zealand West Indies. Yeah, and that's why Voges averages sixty or whatever. Um, yeah, and apart from that, he hasn't really done anything. He's clearly got technique issues. So unless he can work out how to play those balls on his stumps on his pads, he's uh, he's getting stamped for me. All right, the next one, Lewis. This one's going to be close to your heart. Uh, Usman Kawaja, stamping him or not Uzi, stamping him? Uh, oh, gee, I mean, 
I mean, he's my he's my one of my favourites of the last few years. But I mean, he's pretty old. What's he now? Thirty five. Yeah, he'd be in his thirties. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. He should be playing T twenties probably. Um, I should never. He was what? one days. I should be one days. You know, the last time he played in the one in the one day team, he was like one of our better batters. I know. In the world and he's Cup. always been left out of it. It's like his best. That's his best form of cricket. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not stamping. I'm, I'm, not stamping. I'm leaving the door open. Um, like who's opening at the moment? We got Pekowski, but if he gets injured, like. Koski, Marcus Harris. He's probably our best. Like, he's probably our best option still open. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not him? He's not being stamped. He's stamping us. I'm not stamping him yet. He's Oof. 34 for a bloke that's averaged 40 in Test cricket. Um, Thank he's, you. He's definitely. Uh, yeah, he's definitely still got something to offer Australian cricket. I think for sure. Yeah, I'm, Talk to him. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Usman fan, so I'm going to join you on the uh, no, on the not stamping bandwagon. Like um, this one's a very interesting one. Um, someone who's sort of come into relevancy this summer. Um, at, at Tesla was uh, Moises on Rakes. I know you guys are Goat. big fans, so I'm going to start with you, Dylan. Stamping or not stamping him? Nah, he 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 gets the number five spot. I think for the if he if he can make if he can make runs if he can make runs in these next last couple of Sheffield Shield games, I think he deserves to get that number five spot what? in the first Ashes Test. I agree. Ashes I, Test. I, I think he's done enough. <laughs> he's he's averaging plenty in the Sheffield Shield. He's been last couple of years. He's been a solid. He's been good for a he's while. He's been now. very good, yeah. and he deserves that spot. Um, you know he's had a he's had a little crack at Test cricket and hasn't failed. Yeah. So I think uh, I think he probably deserves that spot. I think he's next in line and he'll I think he will get it. Fantastic. Well, are you stamp him, boys? Uh no, I'm definitely not stamping him. But uh, yeah, I mean he's like probably my favourite cricketer in the whole country at the moment. Um, but even I would be a bit iffy on putting him straight into Test there, especially because we've like he's a, he's an all rounder and we've got Cam Green in there. So I don't really need him for his bowling. Like, is he the fifth best batsman? Like, I'd probably say Travis Head's a better batsman. Oh, I don't think so. They really? were on, well, I think they were, I think the word was that he was, you know, probably going to be batting five in South Africa if that tour went ahead. I think I think that's what the other way out of the camp. Was, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm all for it. I love Wilson. I mean, sorry, what's his name? Moises. Um, so, yeah, I'd be all for it. And he's Spotify watching, um, <laughs> listening, sorry. Um, but, well, he, yeah. he was watching as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know I mean, yes. We don't, we don't know what he's what he's doing exactly, but um, yeah. No, I'm all for it, but uh, I'm just not because he's never really performed. It. He's had a few chances. Like they don't give him like long stint, but he's never really performed international level yet. That's why I'm a bit iffy on him. Um, but yeah, I'd be. Yeah, I'd be excited to see it. All right, got, got a few more. Well, I'll probably whip through these ones a bit quicker. Um, Peter, Peter Hanscom, um, obviously made that uh, match-saving ton for Victoria the other day. First ton in, in a while for for, for, for uh, Peter Cummins for hands. Um, are you stamping him, or is he? Uh, has, has he got a future? He's stamped. At stamped the, for me. At the moment, yeah, he's, he's there's a big stamp, but. I've heard I've heard whispers that uh, he's been working closely with uh, Chris Rogers Ooh. at Victoria, and um, yeah, so the the door might be slightly ajar. So slightly ajar. It might be like a half stamp, a half stamp. A half yeah, stamp. I got, I got he'd need a, a lot. To, he'd need a lot to yeah, go right. He needs to, he needs to if he starts making runs, then I mean, he's still young. So, but he's just he's got like that technique issue like Joe Burns does. So he's got to fix that. I yeah, for sure. I mean, one player who lost his spot in the uh, in the Test team over the summer was Travis Head, but he's come oh. out and had an absolutely. Gorgeous week over there in Perth. Two tons was just batting beautifully. Um, I, I reckon I can guess what the answer is going to be, but uh, stamp or not stamp on Travis Head? Not stamped, but also not convinced Oof, that he will ever be a good international test cricketer. You a hater? Um, he is definitely. I think he, I think he should be the fifth. I think he's probably the, he's the fifth best batsman. 
it's coming. It's so. between him and Moyes, I reckon, for that number five yeah. spot. And I'd probably. Yeah. I, Louis I likes Moises. it because it looks clean on paper. It does look nice on paper. He doesn't I like think the he's good. He's like young. He's like cap. He's always trying to dig us. The yeah, but what about the shots, the man? Those shots in the. In he's the, still averaging forty. He's like, playing poor one and day. You weren't like Sean man. Marsh. You weren't Sean Marsh in the team like ahead of him. He oh, averages thirty three Test cricket. Travis Head's about forty. Um, so he's yeah. I, don't, I think it's no brainer actually that he should be in. Yeah, and if you saw the way Travis was hitting the ball this week against WA, I mean, granted it was an absolute road over there at the Wacker, but. It was, you know, fantastic stuff. So. I think he's very good. He's got no technical flaws. So he's just solid. Oh, he does have that, you know, flashing outside yeah, the off stuff. Does. Technical flaw. No, that's not a technical flaw. That's just a yeah, it is. brain fade. Brain, brain fade. fade. No. And the last one is a very um, controversial member of the Australian cricket team is uh, Shaw Marsh. Again, oh. again, making runs at domestic level. This well, is, I'm going to start. Always damping Shaw Marsh. He, is stamped, he was stamped five years ago for me, um, and he's going he's gonna, to he's triple stamp. He's going to triple but stamp. But he keeps making runs. I don't care. How old is he? Yeah, late 30s. 36. How many runs? What's the average in test career? In the 30s. It'd be, it'd 34. Mid to late 30s. And how many chances he had? More than anyone in about the country. He's probably had more chances uh, than Usman. At, at, at his best, yeah, Shaw Marsh. So how does he get so more good. chances than Usman over his whole career? At his best, he's just so nice. It's yeah, in st- domestic cricket. Realis- realistically, they've stamped, but I don't know if they should be. If he keeps making runs, then the door has to be open. I don't no. care if you're, I don't care if you're 58 and you're making runs at domestic level. No. And if you just, if you keep putting, your I was his old man. If you keep, you kept doing this with Klinger mate, at the end of his career as well. Yeah, well, Klinger never got a shot, man. Yeah, he shouldn't have. It's too it's old. <laughs> Klinger mate, is the unlucky. I don't care man if you ever. sit there for two years. You, like that, Bucky Rogers at four years, three or four years, solid years at Test level. Mm. He's never got a chance. So he came in at what, 33? No. When he Bucky came Rogers, 34. he would have been 35 or 36. Really? And uh, I just think cricket's a game where you don't have to don't have to be around for a long period. I think if you can fit, you know, fit that mould for two or three years, that's perfect. Yeah, but he's, he didn't have it's his chance. Like Chris Rogers, like, he never had his chance, and then he proved himself. No, he did. He, he made his test debut about... 2008, I think. Yeah, he Rogers. played that one match, didn't he? One or two no, matches. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't count. So I'm not so big on this age factor and you know blooding youth. I just think if, if players, I think the youth, if it's if it's a 50 50 call, I think you, you go, go yeah. you go young. But exactly. if it's if they're not deserving to be there, um, yeah, I think the door is definitely shouldn't be. So you pick Sean Marsh over um, Travis Head. I think at the moment, well, if they're picking a test match for tomorrow. You'd want Sean Marsh. I, I'd, I'd want Sean Marsh. I think Travis Head has enough chances early in that you know in that summer. I think he's gone down the pecking order a bit. I don't think he's done anything to deserve to come straight back in. Well, I mean, he did make that double. Yeah, yeah but so did all these other blokes are making yeah, runs true. as well. Every, everyone's making runs. That is true. You know, the pitches, you know, you'd rather have the, the two-day test pitches than the ones that going around the shield at the moment, I reckon. Plus against a mediocre uh, WA attack just quietly, that Travis Head yeah. on a flat deck. That's true, yeah. The Wacker is no, notoriously flat these days. Gone are the days of its, uh, you know... Vicious bounce, but it was it was great to play the uh, stamp or, or not stamp game with you boys, and I'm sure we'll bring it back throughout the season. Whether it be footy, cricket, basketball, ice hockey, swimming, tennis, um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll, um, we'll bring it back in some capacity. Um, we'll move now to an, an, an another segment, and probably my second favorite. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the unsung heroes, so I'm going to go my second favorite segment on the show. So. Lewis's weekly multi. It's actually my favourite segment. Yeah, how'd so that go last week? Just quietly. Oh, yeah, last week. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the the multi was Kuzma fifteen plus loss. Lakers win loss. That yeah, and then the um, New Zealander win the series, which, which they won the last test. So um, has the game started yet? Oh, it is started. How can we get a score check? Last yeah. Time well, this? I was just gonna say that uh, Australia uh, they lost the toss and they've uh, batting first. Yeah. 
Uh, they brought in Riley Meredith. Yikes. Oh, my man. That's a yikes. Yeah, there's a loss already. The yeah. big fucking, what, $2 million man? Yeah. And Australia lost wicket early. Oh, no. In the hey, second Finch. over. Finchy, not hey, Finch. Finch. And it's not Finchy, it's Matty Wade. So ah. Finchy is up to twenty now. So he's make he's he's got oh, a really? good start. So good for him. him and Philippi are in at the moment. So oh, uh, oh so they're holding. So hopefully Finchy uh, can make a few today. He's uh, he's definitely yeah. due. He's um, due. Aaron Finch. We'll talk, we talked about that last right. week. So let's go back. Let's go back. We'll go back to the mall. This is you. Yeah. Okay. So that and then but at the end of the podcast, I must mention I I because I couldn't. They weren't going to get out in time. I was going to if you listened. I said Real Madrid and some other leg, which also won. So it would have been 25 bucks. It was, it was a tough multi. But we, the Kuzma, Kuzma didn't start and um, Lakers being gullis. Just, yeah. But it's unlucky. We get back on the horse and we're back on the horse this week. As this podcast has been going, I have actually just had a little browse in some other sections. And um, New South Wales in the Matador Cup against South Australia, against the most gullis team in Australia, the, the, the Deadbacks. Um, they're paying dollar fifty three, So they've also been added to the multi in the thing. Right. So that's dollar fifty three. Next leg, Adelaide Cup. Um, we've got a horse. I don't know his name. I don't know his name, but he's a dollar eighty-three favorite. Um, chuck him in there. He's just, just. I don't know his name. Do you know his name, Dylan? I think you I think you were saying before. Charlie Rose. Charlie. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying before. Right. Yeah, bit yeah, of, yeah, a bit of research into the malt. Yeah. yeah so, um, and then basketball. Um, we've got James Harden. He's gone back to his old town. Um, old town. Old team of Houston. So we're going him over twenty-seven point five points. That's again even money. And um, the other leg is oh yes the Champions League Liverpool they're paying two bucks against um, LP Lisberg something that I can't pronounce so they don't seem very good um, and they're playing at home I think so that's another two dollar ticket so that's paying about let me think that'd be paying about yeah that'd be paying about twelve to one or something like that so um, yeah sub as much as you want on that um, yeah and uh, we should get we should get the winner this week I'm feeling good about it. Should we get the winner? Very, yeah. very exciting yeah, stuff. Very for you. juicy. There, um, Lewis. Move on now to our final segment, and we'll call it the five-minute warning for now. But I've heard we might have a bit of a uh, you know co- copyright battle on our hands for that one with our old Xavier Ellis there. Dylan told us before the show, <laughs> but we're going to roll with it for now, and maybe next week we'll have a new name for it. But the uh, it's no, called we'll the no-name segment for now. The no-name segment. Yeah, we've got. Oh. It's like it's like a cricketer going out with no stickers on his back. It's a bit like yeah. <laughs> we're looking for a sponsor. We're looking yeah. for a sponsor. So um, if you listen to this, jump on board. Um, so yeah, this is basically where we uh, pose questions to each other. Um, you know, just random questions about the uh, you know the week of sport, or even general life as there's a fair bit going on at the moment. So um, let me just start with you, um, Dylan. I'm going to ask you this first question: um, Should Australia give Aaron Finch a break, considering how much cricket and hubs he's played? No, I don't agree with it. I think I just think it's um, if he wants if he wants that spot, he's the captain. He's got to stand up. He's got to make runs. I think giving him a break is a bit of a cop out. Um, in a, it's in a T20 World Cup year. I think he's just got to come out and perform. If he wants that spot, there's no good hiding him. Um, come out and make the runs. And uh, at the moment, it's really he's good. Just about, to make, he's about to make a ton. Hopefully, hopefully makes a ton today. Track. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Louis, uh, is for yourself. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the blue baggers are the real deal in 2021? Well, we need Kevin the podcast here. He'd be uh, he'd be telling us that they would be. Um, yeah, I mean, in ter- what are we talking real like real deal? I'd say maybe they can. Like, make can, the a. can they make the A? They can make the A. Yeah, I think because the thing is, I reckon there's going to be a lot of drop off from GWS. I reckon they're done without. You, lose, you can't lose Jeremy Cameron, and well, they, they didn't even make the finals last year, so no. they're in a lot Tom of Tom Green, mate, talk soon. Yeah, he's midfielder. They got plenty of them. Um, you can't replace key forwards like that, so they're in a lot Jesse of trouble. Jesse Um, well, they got Jesse Hogan. Yeah. GWS. Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, <laughs> you're living under a rock, mate. Jesse Ogan went to GWS. Yes. 
Oh, what? How'd that happen? What? Okay, anyway. Uh, maybe, I reckon it happened by being on. traded. <laughs> Wait, what? I reckon it happened by being traded. Yeah. That normally happens. Well, it could be free agency, but um, yeah, right. Um, actually, no, GWS are going to have a great year then, actually. Um, and But what's the other? Collingwood, they're, they're going to struggle a bit this year. I think West Coast are a little bit, I don't know about us. So I think it's going to be a lot of teams that drop out of the eight. Um, and there's plenty of spots to be opened up. So they could. Again, they're in that kind of Fremantle or Gold Coast Carlton bracket. Um, but they're, I mean, what, are they going to make the eighth? Probably, uh, let's go with, yes, they will, they will get eighth. Your question, Zach, is Matt Rowe a shoe in for the Rising Star? I'm going to say... Paying $1.30 on um, sports bet at the moment, just quietly. No. What? what? Plenty can happen. Here we um, go. He's going to say his Crows mate's going Yeah, Riley Thulthorpe and Lock and Shoal up there. Um, yeah. The, the, mm. the three boys from the Adelaide Crows, mm. um, set for... Outstanding season, so you know I think plenty can happen. I mean, everyone's sort of already penciling him. I've actually seen people thinking he's going to win the Brownlow Medal. So what? I reckon we, maybe we just call call the Jets a little bit on that one, but he's going to be a great he's player. He's going to win it. Jeez. I mean, he, no, he, I, I, I can he win, but I don't think he's a shoe him. I just shoot. Yeah, things can happen. That's anyway, fine. Dylan, fun's for you. I'm keen to uh, hear your th- your thoughts on this. Is married at first sight good value? No, horrendous value. I've never sat down and watched it properly, but I can just tell it'd be horrendous value. That's no, pretty good. I like so, it. From good, seeing the advert, people don't want to get into it. That's half watch. the problem. It's good I watch. haven't got time to watch that crap. Like I sit there watch. and watch the advertisements, and it just looks like a mate. Everyone has a go at me for liking WWE and how fake it is. How fake is that crap? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's like cringe. It's but all scripted. Like when, when, when there's like when they start cheating on each other and there's beef, that it can get pretty interesting. Ah, so it's a sharp no from me. Yeah, fair enough, Louis. This is a basketball question for you, mate. Oh, yeah, my favourite. Do you think this is the weakest you've ever seen in the Eastern Conference? Um, yes, it has to be. I mean, the weakest any kind of spin. I think the New York Knicks are in fourth, which is, that says it all. Um, but I should know that they were, now they're sixth, apparently. Um, but I think, yeah, you've got a 500 record, the Raptors, with a fifth seed. So, like, just going on basic maths, your 500 team should be about eighth. So that tells you all you need to know. It is the weakest, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, we got a question for you now, Zach. We do. Um, are the Redbacks the worst performing Australian sporting team of the past decade? You're going to be hard-pressed to find a team uh, worse than that, I reckon. Um, I think, yes. I mean, the fact that they've won, what, two or three games in the last three years is just embarrassing. Um, they're, they did is make really? a couple of Shield finals in you know, middle of the decade, but they haven't won anything. They've done nothing, really, the Redbacks. So I'm going to say that they definitely are. And just quite quickly, I, I want to pose this to the group. Oh, no. Um, we were, about, we were talking about Married at First Sight before, oh, and they were uh, hyping up this uh, ex-football star to come on the show. And he's come on the show. Turns out he was played in 2008. I think his name was like Dylan Walker or something. I don't even know. What? He played three games in 2008. It was hyped up, yeah, this whole know. thing anyway. It's a big, uh, big talking point. So mm. what um, AFL, current AFL star do you, would, would, would you think is the most likely to end up on Married at First Sight? Oh, someone on Married at First Sight. I reckon, oh, he's, but he's got a girlfriend at the moment. Oh, that doesn't or, matter. Or a partner, but I, I think like a like a Mitch Robinson. I reckon he'd be good value on Married at First Sight. <laughs> Mitch Robinson. I reckon he'd ming around a bit, and yeah, I just think he'd be good value. But yeah, he's uh, happily taken. So I, I reckon Nick Nat. I think he's just broken up with his uh, wife. Do Nick Nat would uh, wife? would I take take the Nick plunge? Nick never had a wife, didn't he? I think he did. Or nah. girlfriend or something. I reckon, I reckon he was married. Nah, no, never we, married. We might get to check on that later. Never um, married. Pretty sure he was, but nah, um, definitely not. I think he just broke up with her. So uh, yeah, I like the big the big the big palm tree on there. The big palm tree, beautiful. Yeah, well, that's just a question I wanted to pose. Um, obviously, we'll be very interesting to see one of our um, yeah, AFL stars on there. 
But I think that just about does us for today's show, fellas. I mean, we've um, <laughs> it was great to have our, our, our second guest ever on the show and our second show. Um, Will Will Powell was great to you know hear from him and you know the Suns obviously going to have a great year this season. So fantastic stuff there. And just the chat footy and cricket with you guys. I mean, it's just you know mm. it, just, it it just makes my week coming mm. in here and basketball, on a don't Wednesday. Forget don't forget the basketball. Yeah. Oh, and you get to hear my multis as well. And so Lewis's multi. I mean, there's just so much stuff. So yeah. it was great to chat. Um, obviously. We'll give a shout out to the partner again on the Inner Sanctum. Um, go there for all your sports, sports journalism needs. You can see myself, probably a few good yarns. You'll see Will Powell's article on there once I eventually get to it. So check us out. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, absolutely everywhere. So get keen for that. Um, and Just cheers. one last thing. The name of that horse was Traley Rose for the multi. That's yeah, it. He literally just said it. Oh, before. okay, okay, good. good, good. Um, but yeah, so it was great to great to be here. And um, yeah, cheers for the week. Thanks, boys. Yeah.